Hi, it's Katie. Uh, welcome back to Housing Matters. This week, my house guest is the Federation's Incoming Chief Executive, Kate Anderson. Welcome, Kate. Hello, I am so excited to be here and to be on the Housing Matters podcast. The premier. The premier podcast <laughs> for the housing sector. It's a, a real pleasure to be here. Welcome. So Kate's really kindly um, agreed to join us um, and talk to us a little bit about why the Fed, what's going on with the political environment and some of the sort of direction that she sees the political conversation and other things with the Fed going in the next few years. So my first question, which is probably the hardest one and in some ways also the easiest one, Kate, is why housing associations? Why have you decided to uh, head over to us, to Fed Towers? I am so excited about joining National Housing Federation. Housing associations are vital organisations in our communities, in our economy, and in giving people a, a good quality of, of life. Um, in looking at, at joining the organisation, there were three real reasons that I am so keen uh, to come and be part of this fantastic sector. And I think, firstly, it's around the housing crisis. I am so passionate about finding solutions to the housing crisis. And, and the Federation's vision of a country where everybody has a decent well-designed home that they can afford to live in is so worth fighting for. And I, I truly believe in that. Over the last few years, I've been doing um, quite a few research projects on housing, uh, affordable housing, the need for new homes, labour authority innovation. And we've run a, a study where we've surveyed councils across the country for the last four or five years with an organisation called APSI, the Association for Public Service Excellence. And each year, the figures come back are absolutely stark. I think in our, our survey last um, February, around 140 councils got in touch with us. 98% of them describe their need for affordable housing as moderate or severe. You know, this is an issue that touches every single part of the country, but it's different. There's not one housing crisis, there's multiple housing crises. You know, you look at London and the South East, where people are so priced out of, of the housing market, we see, you know, huge increases in, in street homelessness at the, at the front end of it. And then you, you go to places in the north, um, ex-industrial towns, smaller coastal communities, and the issue there is, is the quality of our homes. You know, actually there might be quite a high proportion of affordable and social homes, but there's no money to regenerate them. And so we need to look at different solutions for different places, and we need to make sure that in solving the housing crisis, no part of, of the country is left behind. And, and the Federation has a really strong vision for that, but our members are, are the solution. And um, I'm really excited about working with them. And that's the second reason, really, why um, I was so attracted to, to coming here, is, is what our members do. You know, they are ambitious, they're innovative, and they care. And that is just such a powerful combination of, of being at the forefront of change. That is not without its, its challenges, and there are many challenges um, that lie ahead around you know, new relationships with tenants, around seizing the opportunities of the, the social housing green paper, and around you know, meeting the supply challenge, not just being ambitious, but delivering on that mm -hmm. ambition, is a challenge, but a massive, massive opportunity. Um, which comes on to kind of my third reason for, for applying for the job is, you know, what a privilege to be part of this movement, be part of this sector and be part of this organisation. I think the Federation is without a doubt one of the most powerful trade associations in the country. It is shaping, actively shaping government policy and ensuring that housing associations are seen as really key partners in the delivery, not just of homes, but of, of fantastic places for people to live, work and play. I think in all of that, what comes across quite 
I think mean, quite moving way actually is sort of the social purpose that you see in the sector and it's kind of social role in making sort of Britain the country we want it to be how do you feel about that when looking to the future because we often hear people sort of talking you know sounding the death knell of social purpose in the sector saying that that's not what we're about what do you think of that? Housing associations were created for multiple reasons. Some out of, um, you know, you go back 100 years or 150 years out of a, a backdrop of, of extreme um, poverty, of very high rents and poor sanitation in cities or in rural areas against, you know, uh, low wages, rural isolation. And out of that backdrop came some of our original housing associations. You look at, at Peabody, for mm-hmm. example. You know, you, you move forward um, a, few, a few decades to mid-century last year and that, that kind of Cathy come home moment um, that that need of, of rising homelessness, of creating decent places for people to live. I don't think anybody who works for a housing association doesn't believe that, you know, first and foremost, this is around giving people a good quality of life. It's about giving people safety, security, but also life chances. And it isn't just around, you know, the, the sharp end of, of getting people out of, out of uh, you know, street homelessness. This is about getting people into shared ownership. This is about giving people the opportunity to feel safe and have a front door, about being able to put up a picture in a bedroom, about having, yeah. you know, space to, to sit at a kitchen table and do some homework. You know, housing um, provided by housing associations is for communities, it's for people. It, you know, that is the primary purpose. Now, the sector's funding, we all know, has changed drastically. The political landscape and the economic landscape is unrecognisable to a decade ago, and it is constantly shifting. And housing associations are innovating. They are building. They're going into new sectors. They're delivering different types and tenures of homes. But that money that may be created from doing those different entrepreneurial activities will be reinvested in social good. And I think that that is really exciting and really powerful, but it's really important we tell the story yeah. well. It's a story, isn't it? I was thinking about that when you were speaking. When I think about my life, you know, my brother's just about to buy his first shared ownership flat. My boyfriend's a brother lives in sports housing. Um, it's a real part of our lives, isn't it? And everyone I know seems to know somebody that lives in, in social housing if they know themselves. And it provides such an important sort of place in which you can kind of start to live your life and live a full life. That's what homes at their best are. I think that's what comes across. And, and in my own personal um, experiences, around a decade ago, I um, was really, really lucky. I've been in London for about um, 20 years, um, but prior to that, I grew up in rural uh, Cornwall. But having moved to London, you know, I, I moved every six months or every nine yeah. months in the private <laughs> rented sector for a decade. Um, and it's really um, disruptive. But at the same time, you know, I, I didn't have responsibilities in terms of a family at that stage. Um, and I was able to cope with it you know I wasn't moving kids in and out of schools um, and I was able to luckily enough you know working and, and be able to, to afford to move in and out of the, the private rented sector although it was predominantly you know, that's where my salary went um, I was really lucky to get into shared ownership and actually it, it was more affordable for me you know living in a shared ownership um, flat in terms of my outgoings but it was the feeling of this is my place, mm-hmm. this is my front door. You know, I, I can paint the walls if I want to, I can put up a picture. I know I'm not going to have to move in six months' time. I can actually buy a piece of furniture that's mine. Yeah. Uh, it's a really weird um, sensation. And I hadn't appreciated that until I, I got my first flat. And, I, you know, I, I was there 
um, up, up until a couple of years ago when I've now you know been able to um, I've now moved on and that that property has gone to somebody else and who is in shared ownership which is fantastic and I feel really really lucky to have had um, to have had that experience and we just need many more people to, to be able to yeah. experience that but but Whilst many people do know people who've experienced you know, different types of, of social and affordable housing, not as many as, as they you know previously would have happened because we've lost so much of it and we need to build so much more. That's why housing associations are great. I think we can all agree <laughs> that. I mean, probably everyone who's listening already thought that. Would, I am preaching to the converted, but we can do that. I think that's all right. Um, obviously, a huge part of your role in leading the organisation and working with housing associations across the country is around shaping the political narrative around housing um, and trying to influence it. When you look at the political environment at the moment, what do you see as the opportunities over the next couple of years? So housing is really high up there on the political agenda. We have all of the major parties recognising that there's a housing crisis and all of the major parties recognising that we need to increase supply. We have a government that's just published the Social Housing Green Paper, which is a really important narrative change, the detail of which, of course, uh, needs to be analysed and responded to, and the Federation will, will be leading um, that. But at the same time, um, there is a massive supply challenge. You know, We are seeing um, homelessness on the streets in a way that is unrecognisable from a few years ago. And it's, you know, it's an absolute crying shame for, for a country as developed and as wealthy as ours, as ours to be in that situation um, and we must, must get people off the streets. But we also need to give people, you know, the, the shared ownership opportunity. In terms of politics, I do think there's a recognition of, of um, needing to prioritise housing, of how it is linked into so many other policy areas, from education to welfare to health to employment, all of these things are interlinked and, and housing is a real pillar of, of giving people good life chances. The challenge, obviously, is having enough political attention. Um, we have um, Brexit looming, and that has massively dominated the political debate and the parliamentary timetable. Um, and a lot of attention um, is going in that direction. But we have no time yeah. to wait. Um, we also have had a situation where there has been a chronic lack of funding uh, into social housing in particular, over the, the last few years. And again, you know, we have to constantly make that case politically at a national level, but we have to innovate and get on and keep doing brilliant things to make sure that supply increases. I don't think, uh, and this is no criticism um, of our current government, but I don't think either the government or any political party at the moment has some kind of magic plan B that's gonna, gonna save us and we're gonna solve the housing crisis overnight. If we want to solve the housing crisis, we have to be the change. You know, if you think of housing federations, they are activists. All of the people who work for housing associations, all of the people who live in housing association homes, our communities are the change. And it's, it, you know, it's that ownership of our future, despite whatever politics has to throw. I mean, we always need to be at the forefront of trying to influence and shape policy, but we must also, you know, um, twin track approach, get on and, and do and be the change ourselves. Where do you see local political relationships fitting into that? Local politics and, and local authorities is something I am really passionate about. I, over the past um, decade, a bit longer than that, um, I've been working at the Town Country Planning Association, which is an organisation um, that campaigns for best places through the planning system. But through that work, I've been working with councils right across the country. And one of the things um, I'm perhaps 
of most value in terms of bringing to um, the Federation and our members is networks of local authorities. I set up a group called the TCPA New Communities Group um, about a decade ago now, and this is a group of local authorities who are bringing forward large-scale new communities. Um, some of them, the scale of, of new community might be around 1,500 homes, some of them in excess of 10,000 homes, some of them are, are garden villages, some of them are urban extensions, some of them are regeneration schemes. But through that group, we have had you know, tremendous political access, we've done some really innovative learning and sharing, and we've brought up a huge amount of trust. And those authorities between them have plans for over 200,000 homes, and it's those relationships I really hope to, to bring with me. Um, they are relationships uh, both with the leaders of the councils, of all parties, and also with the officers. And these are really ambitious places that want to work in partnership, and housing associations are, are obvious partners in long-term placemaking. Sounds very exciting. There's a lot of potential, isn't there? And I suppose picking on that, where do you see housing and regeneration and that whole debate? Um, as you said, when you look to the north and other parts of the country, it's diff it's a different housing crisis. Um, is that something that you think you want to focus on in, with your work with the Federation? Absolutely. I think um, one of the real assets of the Federation is that our members are from right across the country. And I think in... in getting to know the membership, of getting under the skin of, of the work that's happening, there will be so much that we can advocate, that we can learn from, and that we, we can try and influence with around agendas that are, are far broader than, you know, just sitting in, in Westminster and Whitehall. This is about understanding that, you know, some market areas, the real issue isn't um, just housing regeneration, it's whole town regeneration, it's what's the future of the high street. Um, how well are these schools doing? What can we do to improve um, health outcomes as well as education outcomes? And I think housing associations provide such an important driver for change. They're, they are often the stability in an, in an area, as well as you know an anchor organisation, a key employer, a, a, a key agent for change. And I think that collective voice of housing associations who are in areas of regeneration, in, in former mining towns, in coastal communities, is so powerful because the future of those places are, is so important to the future of the country mm -hmm. and it's making sure those voices are, are amplified and are listened to and also that there's just so much potential there and, and recognising the good work that's already going on. And so okay, if we go a little bit more into your vision for the future at the Fed, some things you want to achieve over the next couple of months, where do you see yourself, what are you going to be doing first, what's on the to-do list? I think the absolute priority on this to-do list is getting to know all of our members, listening to you, understanding the expertise that's out there. But for me, it's really important to go and see. Go and see. I want to go and see extra care schemes. I want to go and meet residents. I want to meet small rural housing providers. I want to be in places like Bradford and Liverpool, as well as going down to Cornwall or Somerset. I want to really understand what the sector has to offer, mm -hmm. what our members are already doing, what we're doing really, really well, and where the challenges are. So that as, as a voice for the sector, as a, an ambassador for the sector, as an influence for the sector, I am grounded in what you do best and what we need to change. And, and I can only do that by learning from our members. 
So it's going to be a lot of time on the train network and hoping for the best to get into your destination. <laughs> yeah, I'm terribly sorry if, if you see lots of tweets around, you know, delayed on the <laughs> 904 from Houston. Um, yeah, so lots of time on the train, but that's really important time actually in terms of, of thinking and of reading um, and learning. And, and that's what I, I will absolutely be prioritising doing, as well as also making sure that the Federation um, continues with all the fantastic influencing work. And there is a lot on the political agenda. You know, there is the response to the Social Housing Green Paper, there's the response to the Hackett Review, it's, you know, it's this rebuilding, this continuation, this strengthening of the voice and relationship with tenants, which is so crucial to, to everything that we do, and it's also, you know, really pushing the supply challenge. It's, you know, let's push innovation as far as it can go, let's um, make sure that we celebrate the good stuff, let's do more of it and demonstrate that value in that work. And as the Fed, and I'm still working up this joke, so bear with me, listeners, and indeed, Kate. Um, so as the Fed goes through its own regeneration, not dissimilar to the one we're seeing on BBC One in Doctor Who, from a sort of robust Scot <laughs> <laughs> into a woman, um, where do you think, I mean, oh, clearly it's quite exciting what's happening in the sector. We've got lots of female leaders, there's lots of change, diversity very much feels like it's happening now or in the future. Um, I know that there's been a lot of comment in the sector about how exciting your appointment is for many reasons, but also to see the visible leadership by women. Um, have you got any thoughts or reflections on that, what you'd like to see happen around that that you'd like to share? I know a lot of people are quite keen on your tips to making it to the top. Sure. Well, when I um, actually came into my last role, I was appointed in, in 2010, and I um, was the youngest person they'd ever appointed um, at the TCPA. It's been around for 120 years. I, I was the first woman in the uh, 120-year <laughs> history, um, but I was also the first non-planner. So that was quite interesting, yeah. coming in as, a, as an outsider into a sector. And actually, one of the things I've really learned over that, from that experience over the past um, eight years or so that, where I've been chief exec there is how so few women seem to put themselves forward for um, leadership roles or put themselves forward for promotion and I you know I, I um, constantly uh, go to dinners I've spent a lot of dinners with council leaders and lots of dinners with house builders and 95% of the people around the table are still male mm-hmm. um, usually white and usually of a kind of certain Age now, um, there's nothing wrong with with white men of a certain age being leaders, but having diversity of thought is really, really important, um, and and getting a more more diverse sector um, is hugely important. As you say, we, we do have more women in, in leadership mm-hmm. roles, and that's great um, in the housing association sector. But we can't be complacent about it, and it isn't just about gender; it's about age, it's about ethnicity, it's about geography, it's about socioeconomic background, it's all of those things and we have to keep working really hard at it. Um, in terms of tips though, which was your, your question, I guess is that um, don't be afraid to put yourself forwards and we quite often, um, women quite often I think, hold themselves back from going for things because it's not quite the right time or they haven't quite got all of the experience that the, the, the post is advertising for. Um, I mean, in terms of the right time, you know, maybe I shouldn't go for this role because I might have a child in a couple of years, or maybe I shouldn't go for this role because I, you know, need to do something before that, or if I do that, it pigeonholes me somewhere. Whereas actually, we should just be saying, let's go for it, let's see what happens. Um, 
and you know the, the future is bright and I think we just need to encourage a lot more women just to put themselves forward and not be afraid to, you know maybe it won't work out first time but it may might work out first time and you might find yourself in a really exciting role. What are you most excited about? What are you looking forward to? I'm really looking forward to getting to know the team who all seem absolutely lovely, full of energy, full of passion, full of enthusiasm and incredibly talented. So that's really exciting. But I think the thing I'm most looking forward to is getting out and meeting the members, is going and seeing the brilliant stuff that's happening around the country, of getting to to understand um, what our members do brilliantly well and how people's lives have made better because of housing associations, because of the role that they play. And I think that that's really exciting. And then being able to advocate that, I think that that's really um, a really exciting opportunity. I also think, you know, the time is ours as a sector. The, the, the politics and the economics mean that we can have a really strong voice and it's really important that that voice is heard and that we shape our future. Thank you so much for joining us, Kate. We're absolutely delighted and also very excited that you're coming um, over to, I was about to say Casa Fed. I think <laughs> I'll get a bit too relaxed. I'm going to stop our producers looking at me in a cold way. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's fun- just fantastic to hear about your plans and we're very excited. Oh, me too. I can't wait to join. by the National Housing Federation, presented by Katie Teasdale and Dave Smith, and produced by Helen Jeffrey.